For all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf in the Warhammer Worlds. And tonight we are going to be talking about the Age of Sigmar 3.0, the state of the game so far as we have it. And uh, uh, we got some pretty interesting topics to go through on that thing. And I thought it was kind of appropriate. But before we get into all that, thank you very much for joining us here tonight on Grimdark Live. And if you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. Uh, and also, you know, do us all a favor here. Let your friends know about us, you know, uh, uh, you know, let them know that, uh, they're out here and, and maybe pass the show on to other folks, maybe interested in this type of content and help us grow, please. And, uh, thank you very much for your help. And also in tonight's conversation, we're going to depart a little bit from our standard, uh, uh, repertoire. There's a good word for you. Um, in normally talking about lists and, and army builds and all that kind of stuff, I, I think it'll be more appropriate to kind of talk about the game as a whole and kind of where it stands uh, right now as we as we sit here on uh, whatever the heck the day is, the 27th of September um, here in uh, the GHB 22 uh, Season 1. But here we go, man. All right, you dice, chuck, and glue, sniffing gamer goons. Here we go. Tonight, we're getting ready, and we're going to get we're gonna dive right into this topic. And joining us back on the show, the voice in my very head, Steve. Steve, what do you hear what you say, bud? you got a lot of voices in your head. None of them are good. I do, I do. And, you know, I've got this one voice in particular that uh, that, that kind of sits between, you know, my ass hurts in this chair and let's go fuck the waitress. You want to hear what that voice has to say? Will you stop? Well, I just, you know what, Steve, I can, we can't even have these, these like, conversations anymore. Very lighthearted and relaxing. Are you all right? What an aspirin? Language. All right. So, um... Steve, here it is, man. You know, and I got to tell you right now. Let me let me kind of back up here a little bit, since you were kind of vulgar and shocked everyone. Um, you know, thank you very much for being with us. I think I think um, Steve, in determining the topic for tonight's show this evening, you know, I really wanted to take a step back and look at the landscape of Age of Sigmar at this very point in the game and 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 the meta. If there's a difference between the two, so I guess I'll open it up with this. You know, give us your words of wisdom here right off the bat. I mean, are you satisfied with it as of today, with the game as of today, September twenty seventh, twenty twenty two? Are you satisfied with it? Yes, I think it's the best version of the game that's ever been. Interesting. All right, good, good. You know, what? I would tend to agree with you. I think, like anything, it's got some flaws, but I'm very satisfied with it. Um, so I'll take this edition with all of its little minor flaws and dents and dings as opposed to what we had in the past. Okay. All right. All right. I, 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 you mean like even back, like, cause I think we were spoiled in second edition. We're going to kind of touch on that very briefly here tonight, but I think we were spoiled a little bit coming out of second edition and the third edition. I think that played a little bit of havoc in, in the, in the introduction, but second edition wasn't so bad, but do you think where we're at now? with this adoration of third edition um, that, that you think it's, it's the best version. Yeah, because you never know who's going to win a game. Um, 
the priority is still a thing. Armies are changing. The meta's changing. Um, now it's changing every six months with the, yeah. you know, yeah. with the coming of these seasons. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's the best version that we've ever had. Yeah. All right. So, so let, let's kind of t- touch on one thing that you just said there. I mean, we're currently sitting in the last two months left of the GHB 22 season one. And here in 3.0, we have about, what would you say, half the books updated with the quote-unquote red-spined battle tomes and about another half yet to go. I mean, my overall question is, really, uh, how is the game for you? I mean, I know you said it was the best version. Maybe you're talking about a broad brush stroke, you know, the everybody involved. But for you, Steve, you know, how is the game for you uh, as far as the state of the game here in Age of Sigmar 3.0? Um, you know, how how is it for you? How has it treated you? Well, I'm currently uh, playing Soulblight Gravelords, so um, they're by no means a 5-0 army, in my opinion, right. but I think they're a solid 3-2-4-1 army, and, and by that, I mean, you know, going by your typical five-game you know, five tournament standard, okay. um, but there's nothing in my army right now uh, that says to me, this army is unplayable. I have tools in my toolbox. Um, I choose to use some over others, but that's a personal choice. My, as far as the army goes in general, and I'm playing mostly Blood Knights, I think with an army that has almost a consistent and constant two-plus armor save with, with uh, bonuses and with um, all-up defense, I have nothing to complain about. I'm very content with where my army is. Yeah, and, and you know, I think that's the over overall thing here that a lot of people say, you know, unless you're a, a, a Sons of Behemoth player, and, and we're going to get into that and just kind of how that army kind of got off the rails a little bit. I, I think there's a few armies that um, are outside of um, competitive or anything other than maybe, uh, let's put it this way, Sons of Behemoth are kind of left in the lurch, and we can get into that here in a minute. But I, I think for, for what you're doing, Outside of the whole Galician veterans deal, or outside of the whole bounty hunters deal, I think I think your army, uh, yeah, I, I would say that. I think I think your army is set up fairly well, and I think I think most people are are good with where their army is at. But I think I think moreover, Steve, I think the to- in, in tonight's topic, you know, I think I'd like to really dig down um, and get an idea of how we feel about third edition since the General's Handbook twenty two season one release. You know, uh, do you do you see the game moving forward? Uh, you know, do you do you see it as a positive increase to what it came from as season two? You know, um, you know, do, do you see it improving? You know, uh, since then, do you see it improving after uh, getting into uh, what we have now? You know, because I guess as I said, season one is over in the next two months. Um, you know, another thing I think we'll discuss here tonight, folks, with with Steve and I is you know. Uh, how much do we think FAQs and errata factor play into the game? You know, do they bring, did they bring any drastic changes? Possibly. We're going to discuss that. Um, another one would be how long does it usually take to uh, still play a game, start a game, you know, from arriving at the spot to arriving, you know, first turn. I mean, did, did are there any rules bloat that has hurt the game? Um you know, and I guess overall, Steve, you know, what's the current state of the meta? Are there some blatantly broken loopholes? You know, did the 
uh, General's, you know, Handbook 22 Season 1, you know, as it related to 3rd Edition, you know, did it screw certain factions, like we just mentioned with the Sons of Behemoth? You know, how did it benefit others? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. What I love, and we talked about it in the last week's show, is Beast of Chaos players, I think, are pretty happy right now. So I, I think it's interesting how some armies have cropped out, right? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of dynamic changes with the uh, with the coming of season one. I mean, Galician veterans right. have made an impact. Uh, I know people are like, well, I can just come in with my bounty hunters and kill them. Yeah, but if you're a player that protects Galician veterans by putting those bounty hunters in front of them, uh, it's going to be hard for you to get through them to get to that objective and then try to chop through whatever Galician veteran unit they have there that's now times three. Right. In yeah. terms of its value of holding an objective. Right. So there have been a lot of changes with season one. I think season two uh, has to be a barn burner. It has to be. It has to be something bigger and better than what we have right now. Uh, because they've already got the hook in our mouth. Now they have to reel us in. Okay. And and I think season two is going to be the real end because if you think about it, that's going to take us from January to June. And we know how many books are planned to be released between, you know, that block of time. Yeah. Quite a few. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and we kind of have that breakdown of what I like to call the reds and the whites, right? The red books, the new ones, and the white books, the ones that are still out there. And, you know, it's funny. You know, in kind of in kind of thinking about this topic tonight, uh, we we had uh, we had Paul Conti, you know, uh, Radio Free Hammer Hall, you know, um, you know, he feels, and I'm going to share this because you know Paul is a is a great person in the community, a fantastic guy, and if you guys get a chance to go check out his show over at Radio uh, Free Hammer Hall and some of the some of the little things he does to introduce certain units or talk about, he does great Nurgle content, by the way. Have, have you have you ever heard of his stuff, Steve? Yes, I have. Yeah, he he does really um, he does really good. Uh, content on that. Really good content overall, too. But, you know, he, he thought it was funny. I thought it was funny that he commented right away. He said, yeah, third edition is great, just like you did. And he talked about the Galate, uh, Galette Battle Pack. You know, uh, he doesn't feel it's very great. Um, he said that uh, the Bonds of Battle Rule is the best part of the current Battle Pack. I would tend to agree with him on, on I think, almost all of his points. And he basically also said that game balance seems uh, really good right now. You know, um, and again, I don't think it has to be perfect. I, I agree with a lot of the sentiments out there, including Paul, that it doesn't have to be uh, uh, perfect. Uh, but probably I would say um, I agree with you and and Paul, uh, Steve, that it is definitely the best uh, we've had since AOS started. Um, so I uh, I think that um, I think that's a, a definitely a um, something to, that, that I think is going to be interesting uh, topic uh, for tonight. But um, it's interesting. I'm looking here in the chats. You know, Darktron69, it says, I'm so happy to be here today. Dude, we are freaking ecstatic for you to be here. I mean, I don't know how Steve feels. You know, he can be a little moody sometimes. But I think for the, I think overall, you know, I, I can speak for him. And hopefully maybe he's happy. Please too. don't ever speak for me. <laughs> what are you talking about? See, we, we can't even, I can't even help my friend out. He's, he's very moody, Darktron69, very moody. Uh, but, but you know, I, I, he said, hey, I had a great time at the tournament on the weekend. I came in fifth. Um, so, uh, you know what, dude, awesome. I, 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 I love that. And you know, it looks like he came in fifth. You came in fifth with Sons of Behemoth. That's uh that's that's pretty rocking, dude. All right, well, you know what? We're we're gonna talk about that Darktron sixty nine because I got some feelings where I think uh I think the Sun's got uh kicked in the schmeckle here a little bit. 
Uh, but 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 keep it up, guys, on the chat. I mean, you know, feel free to add any of your other thoughts you have on the game as far as where it stands as we sit here and we talk later on in the show about the current state of Age of Sigmar 3.0, General's Handbook 22, Season 1. Good golly, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Sure is. All right, but let's uh, but let's get out with the show. And uh, thank you for being with us here, everybody. Thank you all for being with us here on Grimdark Live. And let's uh, let's get right into it. So, Steve, so uh, here's the uh, here's the proverbial question, man. Are you uh, are you staying true? Or are you sniffing glue? What's happening in hobby events? What do you got? Uh, I'm much going on right now. Just waiting for a few models to uh, get delivered, and you know, once that happens, then the army's good to go and I really don't have much more to do after that. It's yeah. just uh, the long road to, uh, you know, the long road to the, the next season. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's funny is uh, um, I'm actually doing pretty good. I've been posting some pictures on, on the Orc War Clan page and in, in our Grimdark Live Discord um, that uh, that I think um, I, I'm doing pretty good. My Lord of the Rings Orc War Clans are, are, are coming along fairly well. Now, granted, I'm not, uh, you know, as, we, as we've always said, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I paint like a one-armed junk that just fell off a tilt-a-whirl, but um, I do the best I can. I'm pretty proud of this one. Now, I don't know if it's going to be quite my ogres, but you know what? I like the uh, the Lord of the Rings theme that I'm coming up with with my Orc Orclans. I just never got into the green. I mean, but you you didn't. Well, they look good so far. What you've done. Well, thank you. You you didn't you didn't really ever mind the uh, the green on the orcs. Like they, you're more of a traditional guy. You're a box painter, right? You see it, you paint it right from the box. Yeah, that's usually the way I like my army. Like. I, I usually, like, if I'm having someone do a commission, I will usually tell them, you know, paint it like it is on the box. But that's just me. That's just, you know, yeah. traditionalist. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, and Sean Blake is on the chat. You're going to want to hang around, dude. We're going we're gonna to be talking a little bit about uh, FAQ as it relates to the Purple Sun. We'll touch on that one. That's going to be a, uh interesting point in itself also. Uh, but all right, man, let's, uh, let's get to the news because we got a couple of things in the news that I thought um, – kind of warranted mention and obviously to uh to drag it through the mud man we got the rumor engines we got another week here a tease from gw uh and there are more i don't know plant themed clues these days it really kind of seems when i look at this so it's probably war cry um maybe you know considering you know uh, that's kind of happening in the woods right now i don't think i'm not sure if it's anything else for sylvaneth but uh what do you think of this one steve what do we got I definitely think it's an order model. Um, the staff looks too intricate and, and, and finite to be something that would be from like destruction. I think it's probably uh, some kind of elven staff. It looks like the end of a staff for, for elves, possibly something for the, you know, the dark elves or maybe even something from Tyrion's army to come. I don't know, but it looks elven to me. Yeah. Yeah, right. I don't know why. It just does. <laughs> we got we got on the chat, Sean Blake. It's a stick. All right. You know, he's probably right. It, <laughs> he's, I, he's exactly right. By Jove, I think Until the man's revealed it's a stick. I think the man's finally figured out the rumor engine. It's a stick. You know, damn it, it is a stick. Yeah. I think we put a little bit too much thought into those things. <laughs> Good one. You know what? It's the simple humor I enjoy, Steve. It's a simple humor I enjoy. Um but you know, I was thinking about what See, you this said. is why we love fans like Sean. They just cut back to the chase. Yep, they do. They it's do. It's a stick. It's Move a, on. Yep, it's a stick. You know, I would have said it's a stick with a ball. You know, maybe it was health issues Will and you ended up stop. Well, I can't even say anything. We can't even have this talk anymore, Steve. All right. So uh here it is. Uh 
my thought. You know, when you said it was order because of the, 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 the detail and didn't look rough like anything destruction or definitely chaos, I agree with you. But if you really look at it, to me, they're, they're similar like, um, God, what's the word I'm looking for when I look at this thing? Maces. It's, uh, that's what I'm trying to say. They're similar like mace-looking uh, ball things uh, in Soulblight Gravelord's range, you know, as far as the end of the staff, or, or Sean would say the stick. Uh, it, it, it looks like similar maces. And I, I remember at least one skeleton type of hero or, or, or figure, uh, and also that, that winged guy from the Crimson Court had something that looked like that, or at least something that I, I, I it might be, you know, it might be something death-related. And also, if I'm looking there at the top right of the, the, the ball, or almost, you know, top center of the ball, I guess, there's some kind of a, a dent. So I, I think it could be from... Maybe a similar faction, maybe um, something, I don't know. Could be something from Dawnbringers. Dawnbringers, yeah. Yeah, it could be something like that. Could there be. you go. There you go. You I know, mean, we uh, know there's going to be the new cities. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, we'll have, we'll have to see what it is. But for now, Steve, it's a stick. That's what it is. It's a stick. It's a stick. Uh, but uh, moving on, something I thought was kind of neat to share uh, was the new season of Warhammer Underworld's Narrowwood. Uh, this thing kind of captivated me a little bit. Again, I know we talk about this. You know, Steve, for years, you and I have talked about box games, right? Or the mini games or the smaller games. And yeah. are we going to get into them? Are we not going to get into them? And, you know, do we, you know, we all, we all miss Mordheim and all that kind of stuff. And then there's Warcry. And, but I got to be honest with you. I love what they do with the Underworlds. I, I love this. I mean, and I got to be honest with you. To me, this whole thing, the, the best thing about it are the skeletons. I know you really like them. Like, these things are top tier models. I mean, the Dark Oath models, I don't know. They don't look too bad. I don't want to, I don't want to schlub on them too much, but they do suffer from being paired with much more interesting models like the skeletons. I, I really, I like the shaman, but uh, what are your thoughts when you first saw this thing? Yeah, it's like, I mean, I've always said about like Underworld and Warcry. I mean, I never see anyone play them. I never see anyone use these models, and I never see anyone play these models. Yeah. I mean, I'm not in like, in AOS, I rarely see anything from Underworld for crying. I mean, gorgeous models. There's nothing about it. I mean, the, you know, lots of designs, but I just, I don't know. I just never, I never see them enough to care about them, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny is, um, is, you never see them in the store because it's like with like Warcry, like here, let, let me grab my never. two totes of terrain, you know, and, and it's just, yeah, I, I think it's impractical to play in a store where a lot of people do end up playing maybe, you know, at a, in a basement, you know, around, you know, beer and pretzels or something like that. That might be the way to play it. But you're right. That's a good point. We never, and I think that's, I think that hurts them. I think, I think you don't see a lot of people playing these type of games in a game store, you know? Yeah. They might be popular, like in certain stores, you may have a dedicated crowd that plays Underworlds or Warcry, but like I said, I just, I never have seen a game of Underworlds ever played in any store ever. You know, it, it, it's so interesting. Yeah, to I me, it always, now, and that's not something like that I'm happy about. I mean, I would love to see the game played, but it's just, I mean, I don't know, just at least with our crowd, our crew, I mean, we just, we usually don't see these box games a lot. No. No, we don't. Yeah, no. Uh, we, we usually play AOS and then end up boxing each other afterwards. That's, that end, yeah. generally ends up what happens. <laughs> but but so I guess when I when I look at this, I mean, these models, if, if, if anyone out there is interested in picking these up, I mean, and, and I know Warcry is kind of sustaining itself a little bit. Um, they'd be easy to use as Warcry model stand-ins. You know, I think if one if one prefers a different look or theme to the 
you know, gnarl spirit pack or whatever that was called, gnarl spirit. So I think uh, I think that's something there. But you know what's funny when I look at this, and I don't mean to beleaguer the point here, Steve, but I need you to entertain me here a little bit. And this entertainment is not going to get either one of us arrested, so this is good. We can we can have this conversation. Um, but you know what's funny is, it, to me, it seems like they. When I say they, I mean GW here a little bit. I is it, holding back on a few key factions in AOS. There's there's a certain Lumineth, if you've noticed, that's hiding behind the the the, the curtain there in one of their in one of their pictures. And uh, with all the love being directed at cities of Sigmar. Uh, I'm thinking they're they're removing they're they're you know as much of the baggage from the world that was before exploring new factions even in underworlds or Warcry. I think that's why we're seeing. I, and what I'm what I'm pointing out is if you remember back in the in, in, you know while back on the show we talked about how they're using these box games to kind of introduce new sculpts, new things like that. Absolutely. Because look what they did with the skeletons. They're absolutely fantastic. Um, and they, they they do this specifically with these armies. What I mean, do you think that do you think that I'm I'm kind of spot on? Because I'm seeing kind of a trend here a little bit, and I'm you know I'm wondering if if they're not using this to introduce what would be the you know kind of the future uh, models, image you know miniatures. What do you think? Yeah, I think they often use things like Warcry and Underworlds to toy with new concepts uh, aesthetically to see if if people see if it appeals to people. I mean, who would have ever thought that a little tiny crab model would be like one of the most popular models of the year last year. Right. Yeah. If you remember from that Eidneth uh, kit. I do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that little crab model set the entire AOS world on fire. That's and true. And everyone wanted those wanted an army of those little crab models. So right. that that definitely can give them an indication of, hey, what's popular? What do our fans want? Right. Yeah, and, and, and you know, with that model coming up, that wouldn't be the first time you had crabs. Would so, you stop? What do you? I, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up again. All right, so, so, but, but you know, it's funny, you know, sitting there with, 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 with that topic with Cities of Sigmar. You know, I really hope that they don't. I, I really hope they kind of keep the grittiness of Cities of Sigmar in this new idea that they have with this new faction, with the Dawnbringers. I kind of hope they keep that that kind of dirt, that kind of grittiness. I don't want them to go too grimdark, although this is a great show, grimdark. But I don't want to see them go too grimdark as far as that is concerned. Um, you know, I, I really want to kind of emphasize a little bit more where Sigmar, you know, you know, maybe cares about his people. And, and I hope, you know, GW remembers this, in my opinion. I mean, it's a shame that they'll probably, you know... Um, probably not do that. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the steampunkish that could come into it here a little bit, but maybe that's just the old man coming up. So, so while we got a minute here, what are your thoughts and hopes since we are talking about the state of the game and, and looking down the road here a little bit for Dawnbringers? I think Dawnbringers are going to finally define what humans are in this world and what their role is. I mean, it seems odd that we have a fantasy world that has no humans in it. And the ones that we do have in it are from the old world. Right. So I think we're finally going to see how GW envisions humanity in this new age of Sigmar. How, and I don't think it's going to be, um, I don't think it's going to be anything resembling the old world. I think this is going to be a much more grittier, um, much more combat-oriented human civilization because 
the whole point of the Dawnbringer Crusades is that they are literally branching out from the other cities and fighting the way to establish a, a new settlement. Mm-hmm. So these are humans that are going to be used to Haiti, and they're going to have, I'm hoping, the contraptions that will go along with their armies so that they can be successful when they are fighting. Right. War machines. I want to see no war machines. Oh, yeah. I want to see much more artillery, and I want to see a hell of a lot more shooting in terms of either crossbows or bows of some kind, more of the long strike kind of things. Right. I want to see humanity defined with the Dawnbringer Crusade. And I think that is exactly what that book's going to be. Oh, I yeah. also think it's going to be the biggest book of the year. Yeah, well, you know what? Isn't it funny where Cities of Sigmar came from? You know, you, you know, it was a couple of guys sitting in their basement trying to figure out how to offload all these yeah, old the models. island of misfit toys. Yeah, the island of misfit toys, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're 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 probably what you know, maybe the second most popular army, you know, in 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 the game. They're I mean, consistently placing at in, in the the top ten tables. Yeah, um, I mean, they have crazy magic. They have magic where you get like plus five to cast. I mean, something ridiculous. I mean, I know Bill plays them. Our, right. our buddy Bill plays yeah, them a Justin, lot. Justin, Justin, um, another one of our goons. Yeah. yeah, Justin. Oh, yeah. I mean, Justin is Mr. Cities. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I want to see them re- redefined. I want to see humanity redefined in the Age of Sigmar world. I don't want to see the puppy pits. Right. I don't want to see the goofy hats. I, I want to see humans in the Age of Sigmar world. Got it. And I want to see a combat-oriented human culture. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. And you know what? Just in, in not not to steal again from Sean Blake, but you know what? Glorified graveyard 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 models. Yeah, and I don't want to see another skeleton hero model that's in the Captain Morgan pose. I agree with that completely. Yeah, we don't need any more skeletons. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I mean, I think we have beautiful models right now. We we don't need any more undead. I wish they would start focusing more on these people have been waiting for. But, of course, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. We are. As a matter of fact, we're going to come right back after this game. We're going to be talking about Age of Sigmar 3.0, the state of the game thus far as of today, September 27th. And uh, so stick around. We'll be right back. Hey gang, I want to thank you for being with us today on Grimdark Live. Thanks for being with us on tonight's show. But before we get into our main topic here on the show, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker and become a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, check out our podcast or blog sections, attend an upcoming event, or... Should you know that GrimdarkLive.com has some great products in our shop, t-shirts, hoodies, caps, dice, and a ton more. So get your swag on with Grimdark Live merch. Also, from GrimdarkLive.com, you can find us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms. We're constantly updating the website, so check it out for new stuff on the site. With all that said, we just want to thank you for being part of this show and being here with us tonight, here on Grimdark Live. Now, let's get to the main topic of the show. All right, here we go, man. State of the game. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into this, Steve. So, here we are, General's Handbook 22, Season 1. I mean, we're on the cusp of the Zeech, 
physical release of their battle tome since it was pre-released uh, last Saturday. Um, we have Lumineth uh, set to be on pre-order again. You know, third damn book for those freaking elves. Uh, along with Sons of Behemoth and Ogre Maw Tribes, all listed for an October release. And of course, as we know, uh, December is going to be the release for the Slaves of Darkness. And that's everything for the rest of the year. We know that uh, nothing else is going to be out uh, for you know the remainder of the year. November is going to be primarily a 40K uh, you know, type of uh, year or type of month. So uh, again, that's what we're looking at as far as what's going to be coming out for the newer red-spined uh, type of books. Um, and Steve, let, let's, let's, let's look at what we currently have. I mean, outstanding battle tomes. We know that if we were to break down order and I want to kind of get your two cents in a tin can on this. I mean, right now sitting with order, the white backs, right? We know that is the, uh, so when you folks, when you hear that, that's the older books, the ones that, that are not the newer books that are released specifically for 3.0, but we have cities of Sigmar that that book is what, probably the second oldest book that we have, uh, for order. We got Karadran overlords, uh, Lumineth realm lords and Seraphon. Um, I would say that out of those existing order books, um, I would I would say that it's a toss up between Karajan Overlords and Lumineth Realm Lords as as the two that are most likely that are struggling. I would say in current in current games, maybe maybe Karajan Overlords a little bit more than Lumineth because Lumineth really only has one build, and that's if it's not Techless, it's nothing. So, what are your thoughts on on the state of the game for order as it sits with the older books? Uh, I think Order's doing just fine. In the hands of someone like our buddy Bill or like Justin, uh, they can definitely take a Cities of Sigmar list and absolutely just massacre with. Um, so I don't, I don't think Cities detect kind of a poor state. I think they're a great army. Seraphon, well, I mean, give me a break. Seraphon, they're always like the the sleeper winner of almost every tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's why I didn't I didn't say they were struggling. Seraphon, uh, out of in my opinion, out yeah, of the four existing books, the old books yeah, are probably doing the best. just fine. Um, Ko just don't have enough uh, troops to hold objectives right now. What they don't have in troops, they try to blow off. You know, your troops off the table. Right. So right. Ko, I guess they're kind of in a three-two state right now. But, you know, take Lumineth, for example. I mean, you put him into the hands of a guy, and, you know, now you've got a guy, now you've got an army that's 4-1 and one or 5-0. and oh. Sure. So right. I, I don't think any of those armies right now are in any kind of a bad spot. I, I think out of the four you mentioned, KO would probably be in, in the worst spot. Right. But okay. if cities won another year, which they won't, but if they won another year, they would be just fine. They yeah. have all the tools they need to be successful. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and I agree with that. As a matter of fact, I, I have nothing to, to try to counter that or even have a, a you know, I, I agree with that completely. I think probably Seraphon are sitting in the best, you know, the, the thunder lizards are probably the most dangerous thing on the table in that order, an order army. Um, and I think that's it. If KO doesn't shoot you, then, then they're, they're, they're dead in the water. So I would say that KO is probably the, of the least of the existing, you know, I'd say older armies right now, but let's, let's talk about chaos. Yeah, Kale cannot afford to have a bad round of shooting. Right. They just exactly. can't. Yep. Because yep. their whole MO is come up, blast you off objectives, and then come over and capture the objective. But you, you can't do that if you have a bad round of shooting. And the problem with KO and the problem with any shooting army is that you're always going to have one bad round of shooting. Oh, it's a it's nice just, statistically yeah. feel a, a fact yeah yeah it's so, a dice game 
Yeah, yeah of course. Exactly. Of I course. Mean, you're always going to have a bad, and you may have two bad rounds. And if that happens, forget about it. It's right. over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, bingo. I mean, Luminette, I think, are in a great spot. I mean, I think really with Luminette, it depends on the general. Um, right now, at least. Uh, we don't know what they're going to look like in a month or two. Uh, cities, I say, if I were to give cities a score of, you know, one to 10, 10 being the best, I think cities are at a solid nine. Okay. All right. I like, I I like what you did cities. there. I think they have a problem at all. Seraphon, they're always a solid 10. Okay. All right. The ability right. to bounce all over the table or the ability to shoot you with, you know, 30 million shots from the stinkers and or the ability to take their, you know, their their dinosaurs and just come up and just stomp you to death. I mean, what where where is where's the problem in that? Yeah, exactly. There is none. Yeah. So let's move on to chaos here. So so we know that of the of the older books, the white backs as we like to call them, we got Heed Knights of Slanesh, we got Slaves of Darkness, uh Blades of Corn and Beasts of Chaos. Now, you know where I'm gonna go with this one. I mean, I am so sure. elated with the Beasts of Chaos, especially with their update uh, to the White Dwarf 473, what they've been able to do. And the proof is in the pudding. You know, we just had uh, Beasts of Chaos recently go 5-0 and uh, at a tournament. I know that they've been ranging between 4-1, and one, you know, um, and, you know, they're the oldest book in the game right now. They were circa 2018. Um, they kind of introduced uh, what was originally the original version of um, 2.0 AOS. So, um if you're a beast of chaos player right now, as far as chaos is concerned, uh, you're cooking with gas, man. I would say out of, you know, I know we're getting a book with Slaves of Darkness in December, but you know what? Don't don't count out GW to chop block Slaves of Darkness like they did when the book came out the last time. So, so you know, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I think of all of the, um, old, and, and folks, you know, if we're, if we're not really talking about the Redbacks, it's because, you know what, they're pretty prevalent out there, and we're going to talk about those here in a little bit. I'm addressing the state of the game as far as the people that are maybe still playing these older armies, like myself. I'm, I'm back to playing Beast of Chaos again. Um, but that white dwarf made all the difference in the world. But I think when we look at Steve, Heed Knights of Slanesh, Slaves of Darkness, even though they're getting a book in December, that's still light years away. And, and that's also at the end of season one, by the way. Yeah. Um, Blades of Corn. Enjoy the, the benefits of season one. Yeah. What are your thoughts for Chaos right now, the older books? Um, I, I agree with you that I think beasts are in a fine spot. It depends a lot. The beast is always the general. Right. You have to be a tactician. It, it is it is a fallacy to think that it is a destruction-like army. It is not. It is a highly tactical army that has to be used. Uh, a tactician. And, and when it is, it is probably one of the deadliest armies in the game. Right. Um, Bill, our buddy Bill good tactician he's playing the army the way it should be played right which is why bill is doing so well with them at, at these recent tournaments he's been going to um i mean we you know beastman four and one at a tournament i mean come on right right uh and five and oh the army that out of all those armies you mentioned the white backs i think slanesh is just probably in the worst spot that it's ever been in okay yeah and um i think corn is still competitive I think if you take the four bloodthirster list or you use the three bloodthirsters with Scarbrand, I, I think you can definitely create a devastating list. I mean, Scarbrand is still an absolute, you know, monster when he charges in with that, you know, with those mortal wounds. So I don't think Corn is in as much of a bad spot as people say it is. 
the problem is is that you have to play a specific type of corn army to win. Okay. And I like that. It doesn't have the versatility of some of the other armies that are out there. You as a beastman player can play many versions of beastman and be successful. True. Corn right now is in a spot where if you're not playing the big dummies, you're <laughs> you're in trouble. You're, yeah. Have that. That's true. That's true. And you know, if, if you, you know, as a side note, if you guys want to go back and, and watch our show from last week, we did talk pretty heavily on BC Chaos. Bill was our guest and did an awesome job with that. But you know, it's funny. Up until the uh, the White Dwarf 473 came out, there was an old saying that said, uh, "If you're playing Beast of Chaos, you're just doing something that doesn't do it as good as Corn." And uh, I think I think definitely Blades of Corn have taken a backseat to Beast of Chaos, as I think every Chaos faction, older book, has done. Um, but it's funny. I, I think at any given time, Slanash or Slaves of Darkness right now can trade for last place in the four older whiteback books. Um, yeah, see, I'm not really too worried about Slaves because I know they're getting a new book, and I know that that's it, it's just a waiting game for them. Yeah. We don't know when Slanash is getting a new book. Probably not for another year. So, because they're just not a priority right now for GW. They that's, have too many new books that are coming next year. Right, right. Um, I look at I look at Slanesh right now and I say, you know, if you are a Slanesh player, I would say probably a good time to branch off into a new army and give it give it some time until the army gets a new book. If, I mean, I, if I was a corn player, I'd be fine. I, okay. I would just play my Bloodthirsters and you know with Scarbrand. You know, that, that's still a perfectly legitimate list. Sure. Um, sure. Slaves to Darkness. I don't think they're worried. I think most Slaves of Darkness players are like, eh, I've got two and a half months to wait. Who cares? True. I'll just keep playing my army and chug along until the new models and everything else comes out. Yeah, because a lot of them have migrated to the, you know, the, the Bellacore list. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're not doing yeah, so bad. Yeah, exactly. They're not and, doing so bad. And the Bellacore list is great. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. So says Drafty. Mike, if you're out there, man, we love Well, you. we have one of the, yeah, I was going to say, we have one of the top, you know, Legion of the First Prince players in, in the country. Yeah, in our it, group. That's true. So, yeah, I yeah. Mean, guys, so I think he's number I mean, one. I think he's number one in the country. With, well, uh, I know, I know he's up there. Yeah, I think um, so. And I know that he consistently plays them, and he continues to consistently play them. Um, also a Nurgle player, right? But um, no, I think Chaos is just in that kind of mediocre spot right now. Not bad, not good, just chugging along. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, now, now we're going to get back to a faction that's close to your heart, man. We're talking about death now. And when we look at the, the existing books in death, right, uh, the Whitebacks, we talk about Osiarch Bone Reapers, Flesh Eater Quartz, and Soulblight Grave Lords. Now, you're making a hell of a go of it with your Blood Knights. I mean, you you, have, you got a pretty creative army. you got a pretty creative list. Uh, you're running predominantly all Blood Knights uh, with some doggos, and uh, you've got a coach, and you're doing some other awesome stuff with it. Um, I've got um, the Coven Throne and Neferata. As yeah. my as my heroes. That's right. And you know what? And 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 I know that probably pound for pound, Soulblight Grave Lords uh, is probably the best out of the existing older books as, as far as the Death Grand Alliance. Um, I think the crying ass shame of that of that Grand Alliance is Flesh Eater Courts. I mean, they had it all going on. They and, and then when yeah. they got rid of battalions, it seems like uh, right before third edition dropped, when they dumped battalions, it's like the wheels came off Flesh Eater Quartz hardcore. I don't see him. Uh, this past Armed Forces Day, we didn't have one Flesh Eater Quartz player. I don't see yeah, him much. Not one. Yeah, I don't see him much in any of the recent tournaments. 
Um, and it's a damn shame. I love, I probably, even though I don't, I'm not a big death player. I'm not. Um, and I would have to say next to my night haunt fetish that I'm, I'm currently getting into, uh, flesh eater quartz was probably always my favorite, uh, death army. But what say you on death? I mean, what, what's your two cents in a tin can on this one? Um, I think death is in the same spot right now as chaos. They have good army. They have bad armies right now. Uh, most of the arcs are just gone. They're, they're, I, I don't see anyone playing the mix for our buddy Gav. No. Yeah. Oh, that's um, true. Ocearchs Ocearchs aren't a real. Well, I mean, rough. in fairness, though, I mean, he did win, you know, best death. He at, did at the last tournament here. Yeah. At yeah AFD. He did. Armed Forces Day Five. So, yeah, he sure did. Um, I think Flesh Eater Courts are. I, I think they're a maligned army. I think they can still be very competitive with score. Um, but it takes a very experienced flesh eater courts player to make them work. And the problem with that is that most of those experienced flesh eater court players have already migrated off to other armies. I find a lot so, of them have gone to soul blight. Vampire yeah, I think some of them have gone to soul blight and the others have gone to night haunt. Yeah. Um, soul blight, in my opinion, is not necessarily a white back book. The book was certainly designed uh, for, for third edition. In, in many ways, it is the first third edition book because there are rules in that book, like especially in Writers of Ruin for the Blood Knights, that account for the new rules in third edition, like making a normal move. So I think they wrote that book with third edition uh, already in mind, but I don't think Soul Blight needs a new book. I think they're an okay army right now. They're three and two, one. I think the best of the group right now would probably be Haunt. But look what happened to Night Haunt. We saw all these people rushing to Night Haunt, and then I never saw an army pop yeah, in yeah. popularity as fast as Night Haunt did. And, and it I happened. It happened because. Not because there's shiny new toys out there and people move on. Uh, I, I tell you that I think one of the things that holds back people from playing punt are the models. Now you're like, well, wait, you're talking about the models are gorgeous. Yeah, they are. The problem is, is that if you if you just breathe on them, they will break. Right. So they are so spindly and they're difficult to get. You have model they and keep them from breaking. So, in my opinion, uh, I think the best, the most popular death army, I think, right now, would probably be Soul Knight. I, I would agree. I, I, I think out of all the four, Soul Knight is the most popular, but I think at tournaments, Night Haunt is the one you're going to see. But that doesn't mean they're the most popular. That just means they're the most playable. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I just think that uh, somewhere I'd like to see a really nice resurgence for Flesh Eater Courts. I think that, uh, I think that you know, you just don't see them anymore. They, they've, they've completely vanished. Um, but I think probably the most popular right now, um, overall Death death Army, I would say Soul Black Gravelords is probably the most well, played currently. My, my, my you thought. know, I... I... I've, I've been watching the army since it was released, obviously. Right. I have never seen a battle tome sell out 
as many times as the Soul Blight Gravelord Battle Tome rolled out. That Battle Tome, the, the basic edition, literally sold out at GW probably three, four times right. since its release. So that tells me that army's hot. Oh, yeah. That army is hot. And the Blood Knights were gone for months. Uh, what was what else was gone for months? Um, oh well, the uh, the the, the, uh, the the uh, well, you couldn't get you couldn't even get direwolves for the longest time. Yeah, direwolves were up for a while. That just goes to show you that army is hot. Yeah, I I haven't seen that for night haunts. Matter of fact, when night haunts were released recently, their limited edition book was still on the website for oh my god, two three. Yeah, as well as the dice. Right. So that kind of tells me that people have people have had success with them. They're buying them because they are a good army, but I don't think they're going to remain going to fall to the wayside the same way and the same way Ostiarchs did, for that matter. Right. I think Soul Blight will always be the flagship for the death for the death faction. Yeah, I, I think my for, opinion. For, for well, for, my for a little while, for a little while, I think it is. But you know, before we get into destruction, Steve, I want to kind of move on here. Before we get into destruction, you know, if if I look at the last weekend, right, of tournaments, right, and I'm just going to throw this out there, I'm going to I'm going to talk about the number one armies from the last sure. weekend. Now, this would be the the twenty twenty third of September through like what the twenty sixth of September, uh, or sure. or twenty fifth. I mean, whatever that's Friday to Sunday is of, of tournaments. Uh, old, old World Games birthday bash. Uh, we had Soulblight Gravelords took first out of that tournament. Uh, Cycle of Storm AOS. Beasts of Chaos uh, took first in that one. Um, Eidneth Deepkin. Uh, we forgot to talk about... Oh, they, they, you know, they got a new book. Sorry. Eidneth Deepkin uh, took um, uh, Gallant Games uh, uh, game. And then uh, just, to, just to throw another one out there. Here's what's weird. Charity at the Mortal Realms event. Uh, Ogre Maw Tribes took first. So I think that's a perfect segue. Yeah, I think that's a perfect segue into uh, destruction. So we got the existing older books, uh, Ogre Maw Tribes, Gloomspite Gits, and Sons of Behemoth are your whiteback books right now for, for that faction. And uh, before, Steve, I know you got a lot to say, especially currently with Sons of Behemoth. And, um, and I want to hear a little bit about what we know about the rumor engine, right? That uh, is going, or the rumor piece that's going around that ogres possibly could be allies with Sons of Behemoth. But I want to say something real quick. You know, I, I was a Sons player. You were probably one of the better known Sons players. You went, what, 31 and 1 or 32 and 1 or something 32 like that? 32 and 1 with that army over 13 months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so, and you played a three gatebreaker list. Um, you know, I didn't do so bad, but I got into them at the onset of 3.0. You got out of them really at the, at the time that season one uh, GHB started. And I said, it, yeah. Yeah. I said it the other day when you and I were talking about lists and armies and possibly what uh i'm going to be playing and, and you know I, I haven't decided yet folks so i'm not going to give away the goods uh for the chicago open but i know i'm not going to go with my sons of behemoth anymore because i feel that you know it's it's tough enough to compete against the person across the table from you but now you have to compete against gw you know um they they, they can't compete anymore when you've got four out of the 12 um, you know, when you got four out of the eight, I'm sorry, um, tactics that, uh, literally they can't play when you've got four out of the 12 scenarios, which three of the four are fairly popular tournaments, um, that the, uh, Sons of Behemoth can't score on, uh, you're almost competing against Games Workshop, uh, by, by playing them. Now, I love the fact, 
um, that that you know Darktron sixty nine talked about uh, how he did pretty well with them you know here on the chats and I love that. Um, but I think on on major tournaments you know thirty plus or more players um, you're gonna you're gonna struggle and, and you know and 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 I'm I guess I'm too competitively minded uh, but. You know, kind of talk a little bit about destruction. You know, I'll, I'll leave it to you, and, and you start where you want. I mean, you got Ogre Maw Tribes, Gloom Spite Gets, and Sons of Behemoth. I would say that um, of the existing older books, I would say Ogres are probably the best out of the three right now. Uh, maybe on a couple of Gatebreaker lists could beat them, but uh, I think overall, pound for pound, they're sitting the best. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on, on, on those existing destruction armies now? Well... I can tell you for Suns players and for Ogres players, they probably could care less right now what the state of their army is because they know they're getting new books. Exactly. So uh, all they have to do is wait a month, not even, probably three weeks. And they're going to see their new books coming. So right now, I think even if I'm a Suns player and I'm not very, very happy with the state of my army, I'm, I'm okay with that because I know that I've got a bunch of new goodies coming down the pipe. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Ogres. Uh, ogres are always going to be of destruction. They're always going to be that army that in the hands of a good general, they can be a deadly army. So even though they're kind of an older, book, a good general can make them a great army. Sure. I, I can, like I said, they're winning, you know, if they can still win tournaments, Obviously, they're beating army, you know, considered to be the, the, you know, the top tier. Right. So I don't see ogres in as much of a bad spot as people might think they are. Um, here's what I can tell you about the future. The Gloom Spike Gits have the potential to be the biggest destruction army of all time. I'm going to tell you why. If W has foresight to understand that people have been wanting new spiders for like the past what 20 years right if gw actually makes the effort and comes up with new spider riders a new arachnorok a new spider chief on a on a giant spider you will see the most popular army of 2023 Okay. It will literally be the most popular arm because people love spiders. And people are going to go crazy, crazy if they uh, spiders come back come back into the fold if, 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 as new models. All right. They're gonna go nuts. Yeah. Um people want to see new trolls. I don't want to see just the regular rock guts or the, you know. The sour, you want to see like sour um, breath or something like that. Yeah, I want to see sour breath. I want to see the sulfur breath tragas. I want breath, there to be, I want the army that is basically a hodgepodge of the of the subterranean dwellers expand. Mm-hmm. Because we know there are different kinds of trolls. So there are different kinds of spiders. I would like new kinds of spiders. Okay? Maybe even a spider terrain piece. Wouldn't sure. that be cool if you had some kind of a spider web terrain piece? Love it. Gloom Spike Gets is going to be a just ridiculously popular army if they make those changes. If they come out with just a regular book, it's just going to fall back into obscurity. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I like the way you put that. I like the way you put that. And folks, and the reason why we, we, we talked about the older whiteback books is because, you know, I think that helps establish kind of the, the, the where the meta is at for still many, many people. You know, the redback books, you know, we can talk about Zeech and, you know, I agree. I, I'm very excited for the new Zeech book. I've been going through the book myself. And, and by the way, next week on next week's show, we're going to be doing a book breakdown where we're going to be um, really doing a deep dive into Zeech. You're not going to want to miss that one. Um but I think overall, I think we know where the where, where the redback books are. You know, when, when we when we think about Aiden at Deepkin, when we think about Orc Warclans, you know, when we think about where a lot of these armies are, they're they're holding their own. They're they're doing very well. But I, and I think it's safe to say right now with the whitebacks, right, that with the with the existing books that are out there, the new I'm sorry, not the existing, the older books. You know, I think it's safe to say that you would say Soulblight uh, uh, Grave Lords is probably. Uh, the your pick and i would say beasts of chaos are, are are definitely my pick as far as the existing books which by the way from what i understand beasts of chaos aren't slated to get a book until april of 2023 as uh, the rumor engine has it so i guess there's more to come on that to, to, to really kind of see but you know let's let's kind of do a real quick skim here uh since everybody kind of knows where the, the reds are right now but what redback or new book do you feel is most competitive in the current meta I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll even give this one to you, Steve. Is it fair to say that it's Gloomspite? Because you said that was more of a 3.0 book. Uh, it, by all no, rights, you meant Soulblight Gravelords? Yeah, yeah Soulblight Gravelords. I mean, what what are you? What newer book, what red book right now do you feel is most competitive? I mean, I've seen some some things that are good uh, with Zeech. Without but... a doubt. Without a doubt, Stormcast. Oh, oh, with the dragons, you mean? Without a doubt. With the dragons. With the dragons. There's okay. nothing that can stand against them. Yeah, yeah. It's been proven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it really For has. For all the talk that we heard of, you know, oh, monsters can't compete in this edition. Yeah, well, yeah. Talk talk to the talk to Ann, who went 5-0 oh at, at uh, her forces day and literally was just burning people off the table. Yeah, yeah. So That's true. Stormcast right now are probably one of the most powerful books. And, and for anyone who thinks that dragons are a bunch of chumps now, I... I wholeheartedly invite you to play someone like Alan who will burn you off the table by turn two. Yeah. He, he, he runs a pretty, uh, a pretty nasty bit of business, a pretty nasty. Yeah, bit I mean, of business. It, it's just, there's, I, I don't care what anybody says. Dragons are still a competitive army. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, 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 let's start battening down the reasoning here and, and kind of what we think about the state of the game right now for age of Sigmar 3.0 general's handbook, 2022 season one. Uh, for me, you know, third edition um, has initially taken some getting used to. I'll be honest with you, when it first came out, I, I really think we all came from a place of being spoiled in second edition. I'll say that. I, I've really gotten to love third edition, especially since the release of the GHB 22, you know, season one. Um, I think it's a definite improvement on where we came from in second edition and even the first adoration of third edition. Um, I think the pros of it are obviously you've got more stuff to do on your in your opponent's turn. I think the it's interesting and thematic. I, I like the seasonal rules. I'm one of the minorities here that I that like the fact that we're getting another GHB in uh, in December. I, I love that. Yeah, I do like that too. Um, and I think the new uh, command point system and and different things. I think I think it encourages you to use them more. I like the restrictiveness of it. Uh, I find a lot of pros with it. Um, I like the introduction of bounty hunters. Uh, I think the addition, uh, as we said, it, it choked gargans, which I'm sure a lot of people out there really enjoyed, but I guess that's a pro to some players. Um, cons, 
I would probably say um, coherency. You know, coherency. I would say the 3.0 coherency rules that still exists. Uh, they still discourage you from running large regiments. Even with the Galician veterans, they still discourage you from running large regiments. Yeah, uh, it's that, becoming annoying. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like the way you put that. I like the way you put that. And, you know, moreover, I'm going to say this. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I think I think it was a missed point with the GHB twenty two update. I, I, it's because it's it's keyword locked, right? And and it doesn't do anything to help non battle line units with large bases like Croxagors and Fiends, etc. Yeah. I, I get all that. I mean, it's a cool idea with with a clumsy execution. Uh, I'm I'm kind of iffy on this. It, it it seems like slapping a band aid on a serious core problem. Remember that word core? But I, I definitely. Uh, it, it definitely does the job. I guess what I'm, I'm trying to pick my words here as, as nicely as I can. It does the job once you understand what you're trying to do. Um, I think this could have been addressed more directly by rewriting the core rules instead of putting a, a, a packet that is going to replace, that's going to be replaced in like six months. Um, but, this, but this may be a, a test for more, you know, permanent solutions and solidification in the game down the road. Uh, that's kind of my, my whole thought. I kind of feel this as kind of like a, 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 a poking and prodding thing by GW, but is that kind of your, I mean, what is your overall pros and cons as we sit here right now at the GHB 22 uh, with only two months left to go, by the way, of season one. Pros. I mean, just in terms of rules and I, I love the Galician veteran rule. Um, I love the fact that they can fight through that the basic troops can fight through now. So like, yeah. for instance, if you have Minotaurs as battle line, they can all fight at 30 units six, whereas before they could not because of the one inch range. Right. So I think that's a great rule. Um, I would love to see them carry that rule on into the next season, but I think the whole point of the changing of the season is so that you don't always see something like we saw back in 2.0 where Nagash would come onto the table and just, it was every tournament, it was 30 Nagashes at the tournament. Right. Because oh, people I, found a mechanic. Well, yeah, people found a mechanic that worked and they just and they just ran with it. Yeah. And it was just a question of which of the 30 Nagash players had the best luck that day. Right. <laughs> that That's all it got down to. It was literally yeah. just that. Yeah. So. Um, I think that coherency is a problem. I think that they need to fix it instead of the one inch. I think they need to make anything that's mounted a three inch um, coherency limit or range, I should say. Um, I, I hope they keep the Galatian veteran rule or th that uh, troops can fight through. Good thing. Um, but overall, I have very few complaints about the game. Now, yeah. a lot of the complaints that I have, are simply related to little minor mechanics here and there, and uh, and and that's a and that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. You know, yeah, I, I think I think the game is fine. No, I so do I, so do I. And you know what's funny is you know somebody said to me one time, you know, what do you what do you think is you know you see you see Age of Sigmar and 40k. You know, people make the comparisons all the time. You know, Sigmarines, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but he said, you know, you know, do, do you see the games becoming more and more similar? And I said, yeah, every time they release a dang FAQ. You know, I'll be honest with you. I mean, from 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 the difference between 2.0 and 3.0 is the amount of freaking FAQs. And when we, when we ask ourselves, when we really look at the state of the game now, you know, how much do FAQs and errata factors into the game? You know, do they bring drastic changes? Uh, hell yeah. 
I mean, look what happened most yeah. recently to the Purple Sun. Um, yeah. I think I think like 40K, who is very dependent upon FAQs, I think that's the world we're going to be living in now. I mean, and, and let's face it, the longer after a release of a faction's battle tome, you know, the more errata they're going to pick up on. You know, um, and core rules, you know, I don't know, they, re- they remain mostly untouched aside from a few clarifications. But I think what we're seeing now is a lot more FAQs. So, you know, you, you see that coming through more and more. And I don't know if it's the fact that we're being more communicative, there's more tournaments, there's more crybabies, I don't know. But I think... Um, I think well, here's the problem I have with FAQs. Okay, go ahead. If I'm a new player and I'm new to this game and I come to a store, I could very well be playing with rules as written in my battle tome for a year before some guy comes along and says, oh, didn't you know there's an FAQ? And all of a sudden that new player is like, well, what do you mean FAQ? Right. You can't assume that all new players are going to have a, you know, a good player that's going to come along and say, well, here, let me show you the FAQ. Let me show you this. Let me show you that. Can't assume that. So I think when it's very overwhelming for new players to come in and you have a battle tome. Oh, and then uh, five months later, your battle tome has now been changed. But if you don't know where the FAQ is on the website, you will know that. Right. So I think that, we need to limit the amount of FAQs. I think that they're becoming um, too prevalent. And it, that it's 240K. CW should have to live with the consequences of what, of what they have uh, placed in their books. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And so, you know, instead of just coming in and sweeping it in and saying, oh, we're going to change this rule. Well, that rule might have cost someone a couple hundred dollars for the models that they might not have otherwise purchased had they known you were going to change that rule, whatever right. that rule might be. Yeah, yeah, that's an so, excellent point. That's an excellent point. You know, I, I'm just I'm against the 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 constant changes. I believe that rules should be set in stone for at least at least a year. Okay. I agree with that. I That I agree hands down. I think that's perfect. I think, you know, look, they're a publishing company. You know, they have to live with what they put out. You know, and, and the other point that I want to try to make as far as state of the game is with FAQs, you know, it could potentially bring on rules bloat. You know, and when you look at everything that happens. Oh, it doesn't potentially bring it on. It does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, and that's one thing I think for a while Age of Sigmar prided itself on. And I do see the current state of the game where we are now. The games, they're still they're still fast. I mean, obviously, when, when you say how yeah. long does it take to start a game and, you know, from arriving very much right in front of the table to starting the first turn, it, you know, obviously, it's still not very long. It's longer. It's longer than it was in second edition or 2.0. You know, okay, maybe all you need is eight, you know, medium to large pieces of terrain, you know, down on the board and, and maybe pick a battle plan and you're good to start playing or de- deploying, I mean. But the point is, with all of these rules that are kind of creeping in and that's how it happens right you boil the frog slowly you don't you don't just you know you know come out with a a two-page or four-page rule book one day and then come out with a 300-page rule book the next day you know you know um but you know you and i came from the warhammer fantasy battle days we're old guys you know we came back from the gutenberg bible of rules exactly the sixth the seventh the eighth edition end times so we know what it was like to play a five-hour game and be done with the second battle round 
Oh, yeah. And that's all rules bloat. And what I'm afraid of, I think overall, the state of the game, I would say right now, is we have more rules and a slower-paced game than we did in second edition. Uh, but I would say um, it's manageable. What What is your thought as far I mean, has there been rules bloat that has hurt the game, or do you think um, it's, do you think the game is where it needs to be? No, I just agree. The game is where it needs to be. Um, there is there is some rules bloat creeping in, but I think that the natural progression of the game is going to be to become more sophisticated. Um, I think they were always building back towards that, but they had to retrain an entire community of gamers. Uh, in, in a different mindset. So I do believe that there is a um, a slow progression back towards a more sophisticated type of game like we had in 8th edition. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to go to that extent. I don't think GW ever wants to go back to having a rule book the size of the Gutenberg Bible. No, I hope not. I think that they're quite satisfied with having, you know, the the amount of pages that they have right now yeah and just tweak rules here and there yeah but the game was always going to become more sophisticated than aos one right oh of course it had to it had to it had, had to um had. but I, I think i think the game is almost right sized where it's at right now i'm, I'm nervous I, that i don't think the game has ever been better yeah i i'm i'm nervous that somebody's going to get a squirrely idea and the next thing you know uh we're gonna have we're gonna be back to five hour games here in two more editions but but let's no. Let's, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the guys that have control of them right now, they understand that the game is very good play. They're fools. These guys are these guys are very sad. They're watching the community, uh, you know, the eyes of a hawk. Yeah, and 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 they understand that they can't go back and do things that piss off the gaming community because if they do. I mean, that's revenue. That's money coming out of the company. They're not going to do that. Um, I think they understand right now this is the best the game has ever been. Don't change it. Tweak it. Okay. The tweak from the tweak from 2.0 to, to 3.0 was damn near perfect. Really was. Yeah. I mean, 3.0 is a great game. You know what? And, and, I, and I love what you said because I want to piggyback off that before I ask you my question. I, I think the meta is uh, – Generally, I think it's quite healthy right now. While while there's you know always going to be some you know bugbears out there, some issues. You know, I'm in my opinion, uh, certain shooting lists are you know can always be quite you know strong and crazy. But there's nothing to do about that. That's part of the game. I mean, yeah, it ebbs and flows, just yeah. like any just like any you know meta of the game. It ebbs and flows right. with the with the battle tomes. You know, I think most factions have at least one list that can be relatively competitive. You know, I, I'd say there's really nothing right now that is downright broken even dragons even even stormcast dragons no, I'm gonna because say dragons that. are not winning every tournament bingo that's one that well i just read off what four four or five tournaments yeah, and not exactly. not a not a, so. not a not a stormcast list in the bunch but i think aos no. i think the battle plan and the matchups are uh frequently far more important than the abstract strength of a list and and i like that there's more balance in the games now and there's very little that doesn't have a counter somewhere of course, you know, and don't get me wrong here, folks. I mean, I, you know, sometimes I shoot from the hip here, but there are a few factions who have majorly lost out. I think Gloomspite gets have slipped. I think 
prior to the White Dwarf, I think Beast of Chaos were in a slump. I think um, I think probably Sons of Behemoth have been completely thrown in the dumpster with their barring their new book coming out. Uh, they're, yeah. they're virtually un, unplayable. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot there to be improved upon, but I don't think we're in a bad state. I think one major trend I, I do want to touch on before I ask you my question here, Steve, um, that has continued across um, into third edition and, and through this current General's Handbook uh, is so many armies have a reliable source of mortal wounds. You know, you always saw the mortal wound creep coming up. Uh, now you see things where we can improve you know, damage, or you can improve your save, you can do stuff like that. And, and, and I think that, um, but you don't see a lot of, you see warding, you know, outside of a, of a death army or something like that, you know, you see warding in your army has kind of, uh, leveled off. And even in some cases, you know, you don't see, you see a lot of amulets that offer you a very, and I say a six plus is not really a ward save. That's just a luck dice roll. If you happen to yeah, get it. Exactly. Um, but let me ask you this. I mean, what do you think overall? Um, are there any blatantly broken loopholes in the game right now you know how did the ghb 22 season one you know related to third edition of course did it screw certain factions you know besides you know i mean obviously sons of behemoth you know how did it benefit others you know as i said i know that bc cast players are pretty happy right now i'm pretty giddy but you know overall you know what what are what are your thoughts on just some of those types of questions i don't I don't really worry about like if a certain type of army right now is dominating because I know that every army it has its day. Stormcast dragons were just murdering everything, and then they took away one little rule, and then look what happened. Right. right. They're still tough. They're still great. They're still you know an awesome army, but they're moderated now. And I think that what GW is doing is is that they're create they purposely create an ebb and flow. Sometimes, you know, the armies are, you know, it, it's a shooting meta, then it goes to a magic meta, then it'll go to a combat-oriented meta like it did with Suns back in the day. Right. Um, I just think that it's natural progression of that game. You're going to have ebbs and flows, as I've said. Right. And you just have to learn to roll with the punches. I, I don't think that, like, going out and, I mean, most people can't afford to just go out and you know, buy a new army every time the meta changes. True. Because the meta is going to always change. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I, I don't sweat it. I have an army now that I'm very satisfied with. I mean, I have, I have nothing to complain about. I have a two-up save and a six. Um, in most cases, I have a two-up save. Yeah, with your soul. And, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, they're normally a three, but I can get them down to a two very easily. So... And in some cases, I can them um, a two-up save with uh, with the um, inability to rend them, right? Because of Neferata. So I have nothing to complain about. I mean, I I'm very happy with the state of the game. Like I said, I don't care if an army has a lot of shooting. I expect there to be certain armies that I'm going to have trouble with. I mean, look at John's army of Sylvaneth. He's playing those bugs. Oh yeah, the yeah. entire the, the faction he plays. All of those bug units get to strike first before you do anything. Right. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you just deal with it. I mean, yeah, well, that's know, all you it, can do. It's the mechanics yeah, of the army you, and you deal play with it. it. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, he, with that said, you kind of remind me of something as we as we kind of um, uh, wind this topic down here a little bit. But, you know, for a long time, AOS had the reputation that it wasn't a very competitive game, that the, the gamers in the community were kind of uh, low-key. Are we still that way, or do you think overall the community itself, I mean everybody, uh, not just our club, because I know we have, but has has the game gotten more competitive? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, players have, but I think that was also going to be always the intended natural progression of the game. Uh, as the game becomes more sophisticated, so too will the, the players. Yeah. And so I think that players are more competitive now they're t- because they're taking the game more seriously. Um, right. But that's because we have much more uh, seriously written books True. than we've ever had before. True. We're, we, we don't have a, a clownish books. We have <laughs> serious books now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, um, that was always going to be the progression of the game. Yeah. And I think that's currently the state of the game now. I mean, I, I think there's yeah. been a cultural and almost, uh, I don't want to sound like Sigmund frickin' Freud here, but uh, almost a philosophical shift in the ideologue of the player base. Um, yes. I think know, there's been a cultural shift in the game. Yeah. I um, mean, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. The game is becoming more competitive, um, but it's not becoming more competitive to the point where it's ruining the game. It's actually enhancing the game. Sure. So, as far as I'm concerned, like our club, when we first started playing, you know, good God, what, three, four, five years ago, however long it's been. Almost five years ago. You know, we were just playing for the goof. Right. A Saturday gaming club. And now, I mean, we've got, I mean, our guys are now, you know, ranking in major tournaments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was always going to be that. And I think that any serious club wants it to be that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I think they have to be. You know, I think you have to be. And and, and one of these times we're gonna we're gonna have another show and we're gonna talk about how to build a successful gaming club because I, I think I think we got a pretty good one. But but let's wrap this up here, Steve. I mean, let, we're starting to wind sure. everything down. Let's kind of get to the the cusp here, the final point that we want to make here as far as the state of the game, uh, of where Age of Sigmar is at right now. Um, my my two cents in a tin can. My my ending thoughts on this thing before we get to the closing thoughts is. Um, I think ultimately the things that 3.0 and the GHB have accomplished really have made the game very, very good. I'm looking forward to season two. Um, I don't think GW is going to crap the bet on this one. I think the rules, nope. I think the rules, the missions, the core battalions, I think they accomplish their goal of making, we, we, we made battle line infantry better, you know, let's face it, while also giving, you know, a way to counter them with bounty hunters. I like that balance, that, that teeter-totter. I mean, you know, and think, we, we, we kind of had that before with, uh, what was it called, uh, Hunters of the Heartland. You know, we kind of had that before, but I think they improved on that. I think, and that's where I kind of got the idea that I think GW is using this as almost like their laboratory. You know, I think Hunters of Heartland gave way to Bounty Hunters and gave way to Galician Veterans. You know, um, monster-heavy uh, armies like Sons of Behemoth, you know, they're struggling. And I'm, I'm kind of glad about that because it's going to force a gamer that wants to stick with that army to think outside the box, maybe do things a little differently. Maybe they don't want to play three gate breakers. Maybe they got to put a war stopper in there with nine baby giants and, and, and run that way. I think, you know, looking at Nurgle, I mean, you know, coming into uh, the early part of the um, 3.0, uh, Nurgle flies were, were dominating. You know, Nurgle flies aren't dominating anymore. I mean, flies may struggle to hold points when 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 an opponent only needs three living battle line models alive to, to to counter a minimum unit of flies. I think there's I think there's something there to be said for what the game has developed into um, from a from a balance standpoint. I love that. You know, and I'm going to say something here before I, I turn it over to you, who's going to be a hell of a lot more intellectually based than myself, but. I don't want to seem controversial, but but then again, hey, that's me. Uh, when when I say that the difficulty of this maybe of of this addition is what I'm trying to say. The difficulty of what 3.0 with this new general handbook and the potential 
I call it rules bloat to solidify the playability of the game. There's that word again. Um, I think it may be, quite frankly, I think it might be too much for some people. I mean, I'm just going to come out and say it. I think, I think simply because the rules aren't as passive as previous editions like 2.0. I think 2.0 spoiled a lot of people, myself included. And it took me a long time to get out of the, that mindset and be able to do stuff in my opponent's phase, which was really freaking weird. Those are my thoughts. I, I think the game, I agree with you. I think the game is in the best version it's ever been. I love what the game is. I'm optimistic for what it's going to be here in the next two months. Two months, Steve, when we get our next uh, Season 2 update with the GHB. I love it. What are, what, are your, uh, what are your overall ending thoughts on the state of the game for Age of Sigmar 3.0? Well, I would almost emphasize and, and bounce off of everything that you just said. Um, I think we're in the best version of the game, uh, which, which we've already stated. Yep. Um, but I have great anticipation for what is to come. Right. And I think that for me as a, as a gamer and as a player is what is, is what I uh, care about what's to come because yeah. I know the game's going to get better. And I know it's going to get better because you don't come this far just to go backwards. Right. right. Now I know some people would, would be cynical and they would say, Oh, well, you know, GW, you know, they've done it before. Uh, no, not this time. And th this is different. It really is. AOS is making money for them. AOS is a very successful game for them. It's not as successful as 40 K, but it's making money. Sure. So they're not going to screw this thing up. No, no. So and it's growing. And it's I growing. anticipate that over the next year, and I've, and I've stated constantly that 2023 will be the biggest year of this game. Yeah, you have. Um, yeah, you've said that. Yeah. Here is the one problem I have. Okay. This game will be complete until we fulfill the Elven Pantheon. You're, what are you talking about? Yeah, Elven Pantheon. What do you mean by that? We need to see the storyline come something of, of completion in the sense that I want Tyrion introduced. I want Malarian introduced. Mm -hmm. I want these key players that should be in this world as active, playable armies. It is driving me crazy that we do not have one of the most influential characters in history, not game, right? And that would be Hilarion. Yeah, yeah. Another influential character, Tyrion. Right. Where is he? Where is, where are these two characters that need to be in this game? So until they're released, I won't look at this game as as a whole finished product, if you will. Right. Until those that elven pantheon is rounded up, and I'm not even an elven player, but there's such players in this world that the world doesn't seem complete until they're introduced. So I see Tyrion next year, and I see Morian this next year. Sure. If I do, 2023 will will be exactly what I said. It'll be the greatest year of the game. I also have to see the Dawnbringers because. We need to know what these humans look like. We need to know what their culture is. I don't want to see puppy pants, you know, uh, great swords anymore. 
I want to see humans that live in this world. So that, it, for me, will complete the gaming experience. I need to see this world rounded out. Right. All right. I love it. I love it. I mean, you have to do that because I think I think that's what gives the game its character, right? I mean, the lore. That, it that's absolutely what we had, does. And right now it feels so like, you know, right now it feels like, you know, the, the king and queen of the homecoming dance are not at the dance. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's I mean, right. to put it in some kind of, you know, you know comparison. They're, they're, they're still out in the parking lot. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, they're, exactly. They're still smooching out in the parking lot. There you go. It's time to come into the dance. Exactly. And I think that until that happens, the game won't seem com- seem complete to me. Yeah, I like the way you put that. I like the way you put that. But, you know, that's it, folks. That's what we have right now for the uh, the state of the game for Age of Sigmar 3.0 with the General's Handbook 2022 uh, Season 1. And uh, before we get to the closing thoughts, I see what you guys on the on the chats are doing, Egan Harvey and uh, Darktron69. Stick around. Next week, we are going to be talking about Zeech. We're going to be doing a book breakdown here on uh, Grimdark Live. So we are... Uh, we're going to do something pretty special with it. But, Steve, you ready for the closing thoughts? Sure. All right, man, to you. Um, be patient in rounding out this season. Uh, we have a lot of things that are coming in the next six months that are probably going to herald in the greatest era of this game. Uh, what I strongly suggest for everyone to do right now is to either get your army painted or paint it yourself, one of the two, but get yourself prepared for the tournaments that are coming, for the games that are that are going to be just you know held at your at your regular old store. Uh, get ready, get yourself ready for the season that's coming because I have a feeling season two is going to be uh, it's going to be a barn burner. It, it is going to be people packing game stores to play the game. I think it'll be one of the best seasons uh, to come. Not to say that I, you know, know anything about season three or four or five, but I think that season two will always be remembered as that critical season really took this game from a niche to a major competitive tabletop war game. I know a lot of people say, well, it's already that. Well, when it, when it can tie or come close to tying 40 K, I think the circle will be complete. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I like the way you put that because I think, I think we definitely need uh, to see that happen, but you know what folks, that's a great show and that's a wrap. And I want to thank every single one of you for being with us tonight. And Steve, thank you so much for being back with us, bud. Thanks for uh, putting up with me and, and entertaining all of our awesome guests and folks until we meet up again, remember roll them dice fun and fair and don't be a freaking short pants. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Good night. Dark Live would like to thank you for slumming through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair and don't be a freaking short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue.
remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye.